Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you, great to be here this morning. Those who are joining us online and catching on throughout the week, we are also really glad that you are there joining us. Um, Before we get started, let's just start with a word of prayer, and then I'll, I'll jump in here. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be in this place, that you would be over the airwaves, over the internet, that anyone who hears this message, Lord, you would speak to them that your word would penetrate, that you would move in us as a church. And Lord, more than anything, Jesus, you say where two or more are gathered, you are here. Lord Jesus, be here, be present. That you would transform us, that you would change us, that you would move in us in power. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, happy Halloween. Um, I did not dress up today. I had a couple different uh, costumes, but I left my bunny suit at home, so it just didn't quite work out today. It would have been awkward if we both, you know, dressed alike anyway. Um, But so glad that you guys are here. Really, I mean, think about it. Look around. Take a moment to just look around. We are here gathered in this building in the presence of believers in Jesus. There was a time not so long ago where we weren't able to be here, right? And how beautiful is it that we can come and that we can gather and that we can all worship together. Today we are continuing on the series of the work of the disciples and last week Pastor Sylvester led us in the most important work that we do and that is the work of prayer. That as disciples, as followers of Christ, we should be praying continually. And I believe that there's no greater power in this world than Christians on their knees in prayer, bringing God's kingdom down to earth. I want to move on today to the second work of the disciples, and that is the work of presence. The work of presence. Now, presence is something that really, I think we maybe took for granted a couple of years ago, right? I mean, two years ago, we thought nothing of coming on a Sunday morning and gathering as a church. But then we all know what happened. As we've been living in this pandemic, we were forced to, to not gather in person, but to gather virtually. And it's not just the church when we lost presence but as a society. We became isolated for a period of time. We couldn't go out and see each other. In fact, we, we developed kind of a distance from one another where we had to be six feet apart, right? So even as we are regathering, we're still a little bit hesitant in our regathering. How close should I get to someone? How far away? How are they comfortable with me being a little closer? Do, can I wave? Uh, what about a handshake or even a hug? Now there seems to be separation even when we gather to know how close we can get, how close in presence we can get with one another. But during the COVID, we had a lot of loss. And I think the greatest loss that we had was the loss of presence. Some of the hardest moments were when loved ones would die and you couldn't go join family at a funeral. Or your loved ones would be getting married and you couldn't join them in that day of celebration. Or your loved ones were graduating 
or had birthdays. Whatever it is that we were celebrating or whatever it is that we were mourning, we had to do it alone and not with our loved ones. And that is a painful loss of presence, right? Presence matters. And I think uh, one of the lessons that we can learn from this pandemic is that presence matters. I mean, just think logically this way. If presence is the same across a call, a text, a letter, a FaceTime, and being in person, why did we struggle so much not being able to be with loved ones over this period of time? If a letter was the same thing, or a call was the same thing, or FaceTime was the same thing, those are all great, don't get me wrong. But it's not quite the same as being in person. It's not quite the same as being in person. Presence matters. We got so creative during, during COVID and how we could get cl- as close as we could to people without endangering them, right? Why did we work so hard? Because we, deep down we knew that presence matters. It matters to be present with other people, especially your loved ones. So this series, The Work of the Disciples, let's look at the work of presence as a Christ follower. If you join here at Calvary or on our confirmands every year as they come up and they profess their faith in Christ, one of their vows is to faithfully participate in their ministries by their prayers, their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness. And I, it might seem, seem obvious, their presence, right? But this is not a given, and in fact, it's something that we as Christ followers need to be intentional about. So as we talk about presence, let me start from where it all starts, and that is the presence of God. Because this really is what separates Christianity from any other faith system out there, the presence of God. Did you know that God left his throne to come down to earth to be with you? God left his glory, came down as a man, and left it, gave it all up to be present with you and with me. The whole story of the Bible starts with Adam and Eve and God walking with them in the Garden of Eden. And it ends with Revelation where God comes down from heaven and dwells with, uh, with us for all eternity. God wants to be present with us. He doesn't want to just rule on high from afar, but to walk beside us, to live life with us, to be present with us. And over and over in the Bible, we hear about the importance and the power of the presence of God in our lives. Psalm 16, I I just selected a few here. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And Exodus 33 says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and you will get rest. In Isaiah 41, Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you. 
all from the presence of God. In Isaiah 43, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Why? Because God will be with you. Genesis 28, Behold, I am with you and will keep you forever. Where we get protection. In Deuteronomy, another, there's a lot of do not fear because I am with you. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread for them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And Hebrews says, keep your life free from money, or free from the love of money. Let me get that right. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave nor forsake you. So the presence of God brings contentment and peace. I mean, if you put all those together, this is what you get from God's presence, joy, peace, protection, strength, help, courage, power. Isn't the presence of God important in our lives? Isn't it powerful? In fact, the presence of God is literally what transforms us to be more Christ-like. It's not doing the, the commands of God. It's being in the presence of God. And we haven't even gotten to God in the flesh yet, right? In a month, we will once again begin to celebrate the season of Advent, right? In Christmas, the birth of Christ, Jesus God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Presence is so important to God. You know, I think about this, that he could have sent Jesus down on earth, could have been born, whatever, and then he could have sent Jesus away in the wilderness, had the angels build him a palace, had the angels guard around him and be like, you know what, he has to be here on earth, he has to be human, but he doesn't have to be around you guys. You know, he can grow up and then he can die and everything like that, but he doesn't have to really be, live with you. But that's not what God did. That's not what Jesus did. He lived amongst the people. He ate with them. He talked with them. He joked with them. He laughed with them. He cried with them. He got messy and dirty with them. How many times do you read in scripture where Jesus went to somebody's house to eat a meal, to share in fellowship? He could have gone through life without any disciples, but he had 12 close ones and then many, many others. Presence was important to Jesus. In fact, it might be one of his main messages. There's a story that, uh, about Jesus that really, to me, sums up how much he wanted to be close to us. And that comes, it's in all three of the synoptic gospels, but Mark chapter one, this is this account. He says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So you picture a man with leprosy coming and begging at Jesus. Now, I want you to get the picture here because lepers were the, the lowest of the low. They were the outcasts of the outcasts. You could not get close to them. People would always walk way away from uh, around lepers. They had their own community that was away from everybody else. They were isolated. They were outcasts. 
No one ever touched a leper for fear of getting it themselves. Can you imagine going through your life without any physical contact? So this man gets up some courage and gets, walks close to Jesus and when a leper would walk close to you, you would flee, but Jesus holds his ground and the man begs Jesus to heal him and this is what it says. It says, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Now I want you to catch, catch this. Jesus has shown throughout scripture that he has the power to heal from afar. He can just say it and someone is healed miles away. He could have said to the leper, okay, I see you, stop right there, be healed. And the leper would have been healed. But Jesus doesn't do that. He brings his presence in close to the man and he touches him first. And then he says, be healed. If it was me, I would have said, be healed, then I'll come and shake your hand, I'll give you a hug, whatnot, but I want you clean first, right? And then I'll touch you. Not Jesus. He will get up close and personal to our filth, to our dirt, to our junk, to whatever it is going in our lives, and he will get as close as possible. He will reach out and he will touch us and he will say, be healed, be forgiven, be made whole, be comforted. Jesus wants to get close because presence matters. Presence matters. And we as disciples are called to the works of the, of the church of presence because God was present with us first. And there are three ways that I want us to look at. Really, I want us to encourage us to be present. The first one is I want to encourage you to be present with God. God wants to be present with you. Are you willing to go and be present with him? And what I mean by this is, are you taking time daily or weekly to sit and be in God's word, to be in prayer, to show up and say, God, I am here, not because I'm supposed to check this off the list, but I want to be here and be in your presence. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to open myself up to you and I'm going to sit in your presence and I am here. I am here. I tell my youth, especially those who are going off to college, who are having to manage faith on their own without any, any help, and I tell them, it is so important to be reading scripture and to have a time of prayer. But if you just think that'll happen naturally, it won't. So one of the, the tips I give them is I say, hey, on your calendar, you'll have all your classes, all the things that you have to do. I want you to write in at least one time a week, if not more. Schedule a time where you will go to coffee to meet with Jesus. That you have it on your, on your calendar, I'm going to go have coffee with Jesus, and you're going to go, and you would treat it like you were having coffee with any other friend or family member. Where you're going to block off that time, no one can get in there, but I'm going to go, and as if Jesus was sitting down there, and I'm going to be in his presence, and I'm going to listen to him, and I'm going to talk to him. And if that's something that helps you, go for it. But the first way that we live out our presence as disciples of Christ is to be present with Christ. 
And it's not easy, but it is essential. And if you get this part right, the next two that I'm going to talk about actually become really easy. So the first one is presence with Christ. The second one is presence in the church. Now, I want to start off this section by saying I know I'm preaching to the choir right now because you guys are all here. And those who are watching online, you have, you've taken the time to watch online, so thank you. So glad that you're here. And I know that many of you, it was not easy to come here. Well done. I am so glad you're here. I want us to look at the scripture that Ava read to us from Acts chapter 2. And this, this paragraph really is, has been seen as a picture of the early church and maybe a picture that we should model as a church and I want to focus on one theme here, and that is presence. In Acts chapter 2, it says, they, being the disciples, this is right after Pentecost, they devoted themselves, catch that word, devoted, they devoted them, themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed, and all the believers were together. And had everything in common. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Did you catch this theme? Four times it, meant, it references the disciples being together, being present with one another. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They knew that fellowship, being present with one another, was vital to being a Christian, a Christ follower. Presence matters. Presence matters. They were there with one another. So when one was struggling, the others knew it and could help them. When one had some, something to celebrate, the others knew it and they, they danced with them. They were there when they ate. They were there when they learned about God. They were there in their witness of God. They were all doing it together. Presence matters. Now, how many of you on a Sunday morning have really not wanted to come to church? You don't have to raise your hands because I'm guessing all of them would be up, right? I mean, I'd raise my hand. There have been many Sundays of my life where I don't want to come to church. But an amazing thing happens. I get here to church, and I worship with my church family, and somehow I'm leaving Sunday morning with a smile on my face, enjoying my heart, and I am so thankful that I came. And I almost didn't come, because I didn't want to be here. And this is the most miraculous thing at all, is this happens, and I'm guessing if I asked who has had this experience, most of you would raise your hand too. This happens even when the sermon is terrible. <laughs> so I'm hoping this happens today, really. <laughs> but that when we gather, something happens. The Spirit is unleashed. We fill each other up with joy, with hope, with comfort, with peace because being present matters it matters 
As I mentioned in my opening prayer, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says these words, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. Presence matters. When two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. That there is something special that happens when we gather together as the body of Christ. And I will tell you that this also happens when we gather virtually. But I also think there's even another level when we gather together here in person. Christ shows up. And we already talked about what happens when God shows up, right? All the things that we get in God's presence. When we gather together, we all share in that. It is good and right for us to be devoted to gathering together. From this pandemic, just like the rest of the world, we've taken some hits when it comes to gathering. In fact, there are many who now struggle gathering. Many who it is not safe to gather. You know, there, there's a medical term now called cave syndrome. And it's the fear of coming out of our isolated caves and re-engaging society because we have been isolated for so long. And I know many people who are still struggling with cave syndrome right now. And I wanna, when I talk about being present here in the church, I want you to know that this is not a guilt trip for people who have not come or anybody who is watching online. This is not a guilt trip at all. In fact, if you are doing this, praise be to Jesus. But I want to encourage us to be intentional about the work of presence in the church. And I want to encourage those who have been in a, a world or of separation, feeling that anxiety or just have kind of been hiding behind separation, when they know that they should maybe re-engage, come and be present, this is just a word of encouragement that your presence matters. And if you are someone who comes to church every once in a while, great, we're glad you did. We're hoping that you might step that up because your presence matters. And my word of encouragement with presence in the church is this, is wherever you are at in your level of engagement and presence, maybe try and take the next step. Get a little bit closer, so to speak. And if you are someone who can't gather for health reasons, one, first off, I want to let you know that we as a church want to be more present for you. But if you are someone who can't gather, if it's not safe for you to gather, what are ways that you can be present in the life of the church still? Are there people you can call, text messages you can send, letters you can write to people to let them know that you are thinking about them and that you are extending your presence to them? If you are someone who comes to church and sits every Sunday morning and you just happen to get stuck here on this sermon, what about being present while you're present? This is what I mean by that. I'm guessing many of you have had times where you've come into Sunday and you've sat there and you've really just checked out. Like you're doing your thing, you're here, you got here and you sat down and you checked out and you're thinking about the Bears playing or losing or whatever it might be. I say that as a diehard Bears fan who gets my heart wrenched out every week. But maybe for you it is to say, when I come here, I am not just going to be present, but I'm going to be present. 
and maybe I'm going to look and have my eyes open and my ears open, and I'm going to look for someone who might need the grace of God extended to them, someone who might feel or, or seems a little lost or lonely, and I'll go and reach out to them or say hello to them. Or maybe I'll just notice something and I'll begin to pray for that person. To really be present when we're here, present at Calvary. Or maybe the next level is serving. Guess what? Volunteering, serving in the life of the church is essential. We are designed to serve one another. If you are here at the church and you are not plugged in one way or the other, serving, I encourage you to try out the blessing that could be in your life from serving. If you go to our website, there's a section that says Get Connected, and under that is Serving Central, where you can come in and plug yourself into a volunteer, as a volunteer. And here's the thing. We're not asking you to have all of, all of the qualifications needed to volunteer. We're asking you to just volunteer. Because we should be present with each other, serving one another. And the more we open back up, the more we need volunteers to help us all do that together so we serve and be present with one another the way we are supposed to. So yes, this is a plea for volunteers, but not because we just need volunteers, but because it is part of the work of a disciple and it's what brings us joy and life and healing as we bring Christ into our ministries. I also want to say this that our virtual church here at Calvary is not going away. In fact, we want to get better at it. We want to get better at it. We want to be, build a better community where we can be more present together virtually. That is not going away. We just know that presence matters and it's good for us to gather however we can. The last one, and as I begin to end this here, I want to talk about the presence in the world. We've talked about being present with Christ and being present in the church. Now let's talk about us being present in the world. It can be easy sometimes to do Christianity from a distance when it comes to the world. Whether that's doing something online, virtually, whether that's sending money somewhere. But we are called to be present in this world. Just as Christ came in and got messy and dirty with us, we are to do that with the world. The, last, the Great Commission, the last commandment that Jesus gave, right, was go into all the world and make disciples, right? He didn't say write letters to all the world and make disciples. He didn't say zoom into all the world and make disciples. Although I think those are strong areas of ministry and ways that we can do that. Presence matters, and we are called to go. And that going can look different. For some people, it is literally God saying, go across the world and, and be my representative somewhere over there. But for a lot of us, that going means going into the household of family members that we have lost connected, connection with. Or going into work and being willing to engage and, and talk with people that are not like us, that, don't, uh, that aren't Christ followers and doing the hard work of building relationship through presence 
and sharing the love of Christ through presence. Just a question. This is, this is, again, this is not any guilt trip. This is just a question that you can ask yourself. Do you have any good friends that don't believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? It can be easy sometimes as Christians to surround ourselves with other Christians only. But then we are not being present to the world that needs to know Christ. Christianity is incarnational. That's a big fancy word that, says, that really just means that God left heaven, came down as flesh to be with us, and we as the church, we are also supposed to be incarnational. In Calvary Student Ministries, one of our core philosophies is that we will be an incarnational ministry, meaning that we don't expect the youth just to come to us, to leave the world behind and come in and step through the doors. We need to go out and meet them in the world first. So we prioritize going to games, concerts, events that the youth are in so that they see our presence out in their world. And I will tell you, Calvary, that there are some families joining us today, many families joining us today, that did so because we went out first. God is calling us to go, to be present in this world. The work of the disciples means showing up. 90% of life is just showing up, right? Here's a secret. God does all the heavy lifting when we show up. God does all the heavy lifting. A lot of times we say, no, I'm not going to go because I don't have this. I'm not equipped with this. I'm not gifted in this. The thing is, God just says, show up. I will take care of the rest. Be present. Be my presence there. And when I do the work, they will glorify me. But you need to show up. Calvary, it is time for us to show up and to show love. If God's presence brings peace, joy, strength, power, contentment, courage, love, and if we are the body of Christ, the bearers of the Spirit of God, where we go, the presence of God goes, we need to go and be present. Because in this time, in our community, that is more alone than ever before, they need the presence of God in, our, in their life. And that is our job to be present. Amen.